This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples, UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 177 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Absolute pleasure to once again be in your company. This is dedicated to the world of boxing. If this is the first time you've ever come across us, uh, you can subscribe to us via iTunes. Just check out Fight Disciples. You can get us on our website, fightdisciples.com, and we're on all social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Slight apology at the start of today's show. The Beast from the East has paid, uh, well, he's got in the way, basically, of recording times this week. So if you've woke up on Tuesday morning of this week, I'm fully anticipating a show in your little uh, in your little locker. Uh, we we, we apologise that you've only got one. Normally you get three, but you've got one in there. So you've got Nick's Radio City Talk Show, which you recorded with Dan Hardy. It's already there on our website. So if you're a UFC fan, mixed martial arts fan, fan of fight sports in general... Go and have a little bit of a, a nosy to this. Uh, this show was slightly delayed because of all the snow. This beast of the East coming our way. And I'll tell you something, right? Nothing gets me vexed more than snow in a morning. Really? Yeah, because I've got to do the school run. Yep. Kids fucking buzz off it. They're yeah, all running around the house. They're all <laughs> running around the house thinking, wicked, we've got a day off. Let's go out and play snowball fights. No, no, no. Fucking get your wellies on, right? Let's get down to school. School better not be shut, by the way. I'm trying to ring yep. school at half seven this morning saying, what's the score here now? Are you open? Nobody's answering the bloody thing. So I know that I'm going to have to make the trek. I've made the trek. I've dropped both kids off. Got it all done. Now, maybe I'd appreciate snow a little bit more if everybody on the road wasn't such a dickhead, right? Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. People just be turning to mush, yeah. literally, when they're driving. And I've got a little bit of a theory. Not a theory on it. I've got maybe a bit of a solution for people... And, uh, and and driving in general, I've had this for a bit, but the snow's brought it home to me uh, as I've been uh, as I've been doing the old school run. Right? I do you know like our attitude towards um, performance enhancing drugs in boxing, mm-hmm. where it's you fail one, okay, slap on the wrist, you've made a mistake. Yeah, we can allow for that. You fail two, fuck off, not interested. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Driving test, same attitude. This is where I'm at. Okay, if you fail your driving test first time round, mistakes happen. Nerves might have got the better of you. Yep. You might just have had a bad day. If you fail second time, lifetime ban. I'm not interested. <laughs> you should not be allowed on the road. I've got mates that have taken eight times, nine times, ten times say, to I've, pass I know, the test. A couple of people have right. six or seven times. Right, okay, pass. six or seven. Right, let's be honest. Let's, let's put this into let's put this into some type of form, formula in it. Right, yep. six or seven times. That's a high percentage of times to be taking your test. So you've failed it six times. You've passed it once. Mm-hmm. That once was a fucking fluke, let Absolutely, me tell you. Yeah. You had a good day, right? So one in seven. So one day a week that a good driver, that's one way to look I at it. I don't need that shit. I don't need <laughs> one day that a in week my life. One a good day driver. a week, you're a good driver. I don't need that. I want <laughs> lifetime bans for anybody that fails two tests, especially two tests in a year, right? Yeah. If you've done two tests in a year, yeah. on your way. Absolutely. And if you, once you fail... You should your- get like a two-year ban to take your test again. Like you're suspended for two years. You're obviously not capable or mature enough come back in well, two years. it's pricey, years. isn't it? It's, it is a bit pricey. So what I'll do, right, I'll, I'm going to be lenient on them. So you fail it first time, six-month ban. You're not allowed to take your test for another six months. Mm-hmm. You fail it again, so that's two in a year, on your way. Yeah. Jog no on. Chance. That's funny. You are not allowed. How many, uh, how many times did you take your test? One. Bang. Good hey, lad. I'm a good driver every single day of the week, baby. Do you? Uh, did you have to do a written test? Yeah. Did you, yeah? Mm. Did you not? No. <laughs> That's how, That's old, how I old he is. <laughs> That's how old Nicky boy. They have to do it all this fucking random shit now where they're all 
like sat hazard perception and all this. Don't you sit now at a computer and you press buttons or something, yes or no, or whatever it is, like a multiple choice thing. I don't know, when I was a kid or when I took my lesson, bear in mind I was 17 or whatever it was, but uh, I had a driving lesson. Well, my test, sorry, which is basically like a lesson, isn't it? They say, do this, do that. And then we parked back up at the the, uh, the Lena Driver Centre or whatever it was. And the guy just gets out a highway code and just flicked through it. And went, yes. And like, you are uh, proper old school, oh yeah, aren't you? Uh, you know, stopping distance in the snow if you're doing 30 and an uphill. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, just don't yeah, hit the car in whatever. front. Uh, okay, what's this? And he's, he's literally covering it with his hand. What, 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 what time's that? What sign's this? And we did th- we do this for 10 minutes after I've had a lesson or had the test. And then he just turned around and went, right, I'll be, I'll be straight with you. Your driving's great. You've got no clue about the highway code. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you this and he give me a highway code book. And he went, do me a favour, read that, and I'm going to pass you today. Oh, and I my went, day. lad. And then I just <laughs> fucking lashed the highway code and away I went. Fuck me. So I'm See, a brilliant driver, listen, but I don't know what any of the signs mean. DVLA, right? It's dickheads <laughs> like him that are making my life a fucking nightmare in the morning. For example, right, do you know that um, the yellow box Mm-hmm. You know the yellow box, the box junction. Do not pull into this box. Stop. Do no stopping box. No, no, it's not. It's not the no stopping box, you dickhead. The no. St- you're not what allowed. You're not allowed to enter that box yeah. unless your exit is clear. Yeah, well, that's what I've just said. The no. Do not st- stop in the box. Look at you, the no stopping box. Same thing. Fuck me, right? It's clowns like it. How many people were in the no stopping box this morning that were doing my boxing, so I couldn't get out of certain junctions? The no stopping box. See, it's stuff like that that gets me going. You, right? No, I'd have sent you back. I want a written test. In fact, that's what we need to do. Did anybody that listens to the Fight Disciples that works, the, that works for the DVLA send us a written test? We'll get him to do it live on the oh, show. Oh, man, I will fucking absolutely... And we'll have I will his, struggle. We'll have his licence revoked. I will struggle. The only one I know is the bike flying over the car. Jumps here. Jumps allowed here. The bike fly... Fucking... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised Stunts if you... here. Stunts. It's a stunt rod, this. Right, come on, rev it up. <laughs> me. Uh, so, yeah. So, I apologise if you've been anticipating the show. It's here now. It's here. And I'll tell you what, we're going to start off with a little bit of a celebration on the show. Do you know why we're starting off with a celebration? No, no idea. I'll tell you why we're starting off with a celebration. What's my rhetoric when it comes to certain world championship belts? Oh, big George, isn't he? Are we going to have a round of applause for George? I'll tell you what we're going to fucking do. We're going to have a dance, is what we're going to do. We're going to have the bloody cool and the gang on, Sunshine. For those, on, George. For those that don't know, George Groves is my new favourite fighter because he refused to pay the sanctioning fee of the IBO world title. George Groves wins. He sticks the IBO in the bin. He's the boy, isn't he? <laughs> All we need you to do now, George, is unite that WBA belt with Tyron yeah. Zoyga and shut that regular bin. belt in the bin as well. Yeah. What George a fucking Groves, hero, man. eh? What a hero. I was reading somewhere now, the IBO in eight of the 12 weight divisions have got no champion. Good. Just, you know, it is what it is. And now the IBO have come out and go... I've said that Chris Eubank's probably going to fight for the vacant belt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, oh fuck dear. it. Now. Plastic, mate. Plastic. There you go. George Groves, my new favourite fighter. Great to see him in uh, Nuremberg at the weekend. Yeah. Um, Surgery on Monday. So it sounds like the final is definitely going to be pushed back. Listen, I've got to... I've it got is to, going to be pushed back. It's got to be pushed back. It's got to be pushed back. said he will be fit for July. Yeah. So our attitude is sound. But the Sowlands have said it needs to be done by end of June. 
fuck it that. needs to be wrapped by the fuck end of that. June. You can make that happen. You can make it happen. Let's make it happen. George Groves has to be in the final. Absolutely. For After se- what happened in the semi-final with Cam Smith, mm. we can't have a replacement in the final. If George has got, but then it's got to be done by July, hasn't it? You know, well they've said it's got to be done by the end of June. Hopefully they can move it back a fortnight or so. It's got to be Groves in the final, otherwise we're just going to lose it. Otherwise, fucking Callum Smith's going to win the fucking thing and still not be world champion. I know. Two thousand and fifteen, Callum Smith became the WBC silver champion, unreal. and he's still not fought for a world title. Yeah. Unreal. Isn't that so mad? It'll be, it'll be basically three years. David Benavidez was, I think he was the number seven in the WBC when he got his world title shot. Unreal. Don't get me wrong. David Wasn't he something like fucking three and oh or something when Callum when Callum won his first title or whatever? Mad, it? Benavidez is good. So, Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah, missing yeah, him. Absolutely. But I, I like him, the Mexican. Yeah. But come on, man. 2015 and he's not even had a world title shot yet. And obviously what happened... It's not his fault. No, that's what it's I mean. It's not Callum's fault. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm basically referring to Callum Smith as one of the unluckiest boxers on the planet. That's Absolutely. what I'm referring to. Um, and he enters this tournament because he thinks to himself, right, I've got three fights. Because Darrell's team won the purse bids for WBC and then did everything they could to push that fight back. Mm. It was like six months that went on for. First it was LA, then it was New York, then it was Michigan, then mm. it was back to LA, mm. then it was pushed back a month, then it was this. We spoke to Joe Gallagher, and that was the whole reason why Callum Smith signed off for the World Boxing Super Series, because he was guaranteed three fights in six months, and he was guaranteed a world title belt at the end of it, plus a pretty decent paycheck. Mm. So, so imagine going into it now and not getting your shot. Not even getting title. a world title at the end of it. That's Unreal. why. That's why it has to be not just because of that. And I'm not. Everybody knows who listens to the show that we're fans of Callum. I don't. I don't think it's just because of that that where my attitude's coming from. For the good of the tournament, because the whole point of the tournament is the best fighting the best. Yeah. And at the end of it, we're going to get the king of a of a particular weight division. Yeah. The cruiserweights have taken care of itself. I don't think we need to say any more about that. That's been absolutely fantastic. It's just a shame on the super middleweight side of it. At the start, I was like, there's only one world title really in there. Is that going to be legit? Now, yeah. if that world title's not in it, what's been the whole point apart from people getting paid? Absolutely. And they, 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 listen, they are getting paid. That's the main thing. That's why the, most of them entered the tournament because there was the belt at the end of it, plus there was bigger paychecks. Certainly in the cruiserweight bracket. You know, cruiserweight, <clears throat> regardless of, of what your opinion is, yet we knew we, there was a load of killers in there, but there was no paycheck fighters in there. Now, it's probably the hottest division, mm. <laughs> one of the hottest divisions in all of world boxing because we brought together the two top seeds in a, in the, amongst the best eight active cruiserweights on the planet. It's unreal. Isn't it wicked the way the tournaments as well as finished with the two top seeds in each bracket yeah, yeah. in the final. Um, Nick goes into this on the, the Radio City talk show. Make sure you go and have a little bit of a, a nosy, but I'm just going to have my two P's on Nicky Holson. Callum Smith, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Callum Smith. Nicky Holson. Conc- I think Holson's actually uh, Dutch for concrete. He yeah. is absolutely <laughs> nails that kid, isn't he? Absolutely nails. Fair play to him coming in um, and having a bit of a do with Callum. Callum, to be fair, was on a lose-lose here. Yeah. This is like being Manchester City playing against Newport County in the FA Cup. Third round, right? It's a really shit pitch. Snow's fucking coming down. Yep. You've just got to take care of business. Get through Absolutely. To, get through to the next round. Now, I've, I've read so much on social media going, ah, uh, he can't even put away a kickboxer on such and such a pit, uh, time of notice. Listen, at the end of the day, it's a lose-lose situation. If he knocks out that kid in a round, yep. everybody's going, ah, oh, you're on your kickboxer. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Why take the risk? Why take the risk? It was a bit of a Mourinho match, to be fair, weren't it? You know what I mean? We're going in here. 
We're just going to take care of business. We're coming away with three points. We're all fucking off home, and I'll see you in the final. Yeah, that's absolutely. it. Risk free. Listen, I, I don't want to go into it because, as you say, it's on the uh, City Talk show that was available yesterday. Dan Hardy has a real good take on uh, on Nicky Holtzkin as well because he's been following his career throughout his glory kickboxing days as well. So he gives us a good insight into Nicky Holtzkin and his background. Dan, and Dan, Dan Hardy, you mate, Dan Hardy. We mate Dan. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Don't be jealous because you didn't get to meet him see him in the studio. All right. Um, but my, again, just to reiterate, my take on Callum Smith is, fuck what everyone else is saying. I am more convinced now that Callum Smith wins this tournament than George Groves. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me just stop you there. Stop pointing at me first. Go on. George Groves beats a blown-up super welterweight in the quarterfinal, hand-picked opponent. Oh, here we go. Semi-final, beats a blown-up middleweight in Chris Eubank Jr., who, you know, we, we, I was hood, are you, are certainly you, hoodwinked are by you, him. Are you a scouser? You are a scouser, aren't you? Yeah. It's, Cal- yeah, yeah. Go on, carry on. Um, <laughs> Eric Scogland, leading light heavyweight contender, waiting for a world title shot. Kind of similar position to Callum, but from the weight above and undefeated, by the way. Callum takes care of him inside 12 rounds, comfortable point to win. And then Nicky Holtzkin comes in. Yes, completely unorthodox kickboxing style. Yeah. You don't know what he's going to throw next. Tough as fucking lead boots and throwing weird, unorthodox punches from all kinds of angles and Callum Smith absolutely take care of business listen Callum got into the sixth round and you literally see him go back to the corner at the end of the sixth and he looks at Joe and Joe looks back at him and it was kind of a this kid's going nowhere let's just make it easy for ourselves what does Callum do he hits him with more jabs than has ever been thrown in any super middleweight contest in the history of boxing <laughs> what more do you want I am more convinced now that Callum Smith takes care of George Groves than it was prior to this fight and prior to this tournament started I've tipped him from the beginning and I'm going to see it through to the end. All right, sweet chinks. If you want more on that, Radio City Talk. It's a bit of a scouse loving. Thank God Dan Hardy's on the show just to uh, middlings it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this weekend, spoiled for choice, man. I'm looking at the calendar here of how many fights are going on this weekend and how much of this is being covered um, in the UK. In fact, yeah, all right. Well, do you want to do, you wanna do the, uh, the York Hall card? Do you want to do that now before I move on to what's going on this weekend? Yeah, man. Yeah, of course. Let's do a quick recap of uh, Dubois and Yard. And No. No, I'm not. I'm not doing a review of Dubois and Yard and Gorman and all them because they were easy wins. They, were, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. All right? Okay. Tick them off. Job done. We'll see you next week. Okay. Zelfa Barrett. I know. Your prospect. Your real prospect of the year. Let's be mm. honest. Your real prospect of the year. Forget yeah. about the Commonwealth champion that year. Try to pull off your real prospect. Of the year, hang on a minute, Barrett. You watch what you're saying. I haven't tried to pull off anybody <laughs> on this show, Sunshine. That's a whole tried, different fucking show. Tried to show. pull a wool over our eyes by cu- picking better. a current Commonwealth champion. Better. If Reese Pilotti's listening, I've never attempted to pull you off. Can you please put that on your Twitter? <laughs> uh, Zelfa Barrett, man. Mm. Tell you what, Ronnie Clark. Give him his due. Shit haircut. Fucking absolutely atrocious. Dodgy haircut. tattoos, man. What yeah, are they? Yeah. Anybody, listen, I know that I've had a word with Frampton Prison about tattoos, this. then. Anybody that has their own name tattooed on the back, come on. Yeah. What are you doing? Be careful here. Bellew's got his, has got Bomber on his back. It's a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yeah, he did look like, a, you know, with all due respect, a UFC fighter, didn't he? Yeah. Twat of a haircut. Horrific yeah. uh, tattoos. He looked like a, a, an extra on prison break. He did, absolutely. But you know what? He took the fight to Zelfa Barrett. This was supposed to be a test. This Pat Barrett, his, his coach and everything, was saying to us, this will tell us where Zelfa is. This is where he needs to be. This is the right fight at the right time. And what it told us was, Zelfa's tough. Mm. Kid can take his shot. Mm. Kid's brave. Mm. But there's no plan B in there. And 
whether he wasn't was or he wasn't listening to his corner. I couldn't really tell in the commentary, but for me, he wasn't he wasn't doing what he should have been doing. He didn't make the adjustments he needed to make. And once Ronnie Clark got that knockdown, the the the, the bathwater went out the window with the yeah, baby, you know, yeah, and Zelf yeah. about it. Then from that mode, it was kind of like a tough guy contest turned into a bit of a street fight. A guy with that need, much skills and ability because he was winning the fight exactly. But with that many skills, as soon as that knockdown come. You Getting need to yourself. have the maturity to go, well, listen, I've just made it easy for you. I'll make it easy again. But the problem with Zelfer is he's a he's a bit of a poser. He's a land beautiful combination, pose and have a look. Well, when your back's against the wall and you're that type of guy, you need to be able to move your feet. You mm. need to be able to make rounds easy for yourself. He should have been picking Ronnie Clark off as he come bowling forward because Zelfer's 100% got the skills. But this is why you have fights like this at this stage in his career. I think it's the making of him. I think this will be the making of Zelfer. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you now. This is the making or the breaking of Zelfa Barrett. How he responds now. If he's in the gym Monday morning going, you know what, that'll fucking never happen to me again. Great. If he's swanning around Man- Manchester, you know, million dollar walking everywhere, then I'm afraid this is probably the far, as far as he'll go. What about your prospect? He fought on Sunday night, didn't he? Your boy Jordan? Class, wasn't he? What yet? What yet? I'm giving it all that for He was class. He was all right. He was fucking class. He was all right. He showed your boy how to handle that opponent's son. Listen, my boy will go through him. That's it. Reese Pilotti will go through him. That's it. I'm, t- I'm telling you, hey, Reese Pilotti lost the first four rounds against Cunningham before he found that lucky punch. He's g- Fuck off, lucky punch. That's why they call him the Bomber Bellotti, because he can take you out whenever you want to, whenever was, you need it. He was four rounds down in his fight against Cunningham. My boy. Took on and gone to school, son. Mm. In the last round, you know, we get we, we entertain. Listen, entertain? me and Jordan are here to entertain. He were blocking punches with his face, is what he was doing. We're here to entertain. Yeah, man. Anyway, he came through it. Jordan Gill. I was impressed actually. Very good. He looks well. Outstanding. He looks very good, yeah. I think the commentary team are right. He's got Bellotti's got the one thing that Jordan hasn't got, yeah. and that's that one. That's punch, why I picked him. Chill the, power. The equalizer. But you know what? In the camp he's in with the schooling he's got, and he proved it there for eleven rounds. He can outbox somebody. He can outbox the socks off somebody. And you know what? If I was if I was Reese Bolotti, I'd be a little bit concerned. Mm. We're not concerned at all. Um, Lewis Ritson must have had a dinner reservation oh from around about ten thirty. Lord, what a! He made his ring. Wa- he made his ring walk at ten. He were. He didn't even need a shower. Just mm. take the gloves off. I'm going out now. Seeing a bit. The lads are in the crowd. Ta-da. Mm. Fucking hell, he didn't mess about, did he? Insane. Snow's coming down outside. Newcastle United jersey. Gotta get on, home. Straight on the Come air. on, I gotta get on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was great. Uh, you know what? For me, the writing was on the wall. As soon as they went, right, here comes the main event. We panned to the ring walk and we just seen Joe Murray dressed up as Cotton Eye Joe with a bid and brace on. And <sighs> What are you doing, Joe? And he's prancing his way to the ring to Cotton Eye Joe and I was like, what? And then he got in and he's like, getting the crowd going, jumping around like a lunatic. And I thought, mate, you're gone. You, you, you're not going to last three rounds here. You're going to get blown away. Mm. Um, I did, obviously, I didn't expect it to go in one round, but you know I love a body shot. You know I love a body shot. Yeah, it was good. <sighs> Listen, I nearly, uh, I nearly got myself into a bit of a fight on Sunday because I went to uh, the Carabao Cup final mm-hmm. with a lot of City fans, right? Just went for a bit of a crack, a bit of a day out. Mm-hmm. And I was down there, and a few of them were uh, Joe Murray, John Murray uh, 
fans. Yeah. John Murray Sound. I love the conversation about that. So did you, you have did you have your Man City shirt on or United shirt tattoo. or your Blackburn I, shirt no, or what did, team are you supporting? No, not top, not top on City no top. tattoo. Right, that, okay, that's what yeah, I've got. Yeah. The old badge is well champions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm having a bit of a, a bit of a crack with the lads about boxing and various things like that, and he says, "Oh yeah, we need to get back tonight, or we need to be watching this on the train on the way back." The Joe Murray fight, and they're giving it some about Joe because I think they're all some of them were pals of his. Yeah, yeah. And then just under my breath, I went, he's going to get his ass handed to him. And the old, the whole, do you know, like the deliverance, the whole train just stopped. And he went, you fucking what, mate? And I went, yeah, he's going to get his ass handed to him. This Jordy's not, you know what I mean? He's proper. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard he's all right. Like, I've heard he's, I said, no, mate, seriously, he's going to, he's going to proper dismantle him. And to be fair, after when the fight happened, about quarter to 11, text messages coming through on my phone were going, you were right about that Jordy, weren't you? And I went, mm. <laughs> he's the real deal, that kid. Absolutely. I'll tell you something. I know that we're mates of Joe and everybody at uh, Joe Gallagher's gym. Yeah. Carlo better watch out because Ritson is the fucking real deal. Yeah. Listen, I, I text a, a good mate of Masha Dodds when I, after I watched it because uh, he was talking about Masha afterwards fighting the winner of Masha. Well, and Masha Coyle, I reckon it will be the winner. Yeah, yeah. And I, I text him and said, listen, Masha does not need any piece of this Ritson kid. No piece of him whatsoever. Mm. Um, he just looks like a, a level above already, doesn't he? A domestic level. I know he's only that was the first defence of his British belt, um, but he's like a, he's like an absolute gem. Mm. You know, I'm not surprised Eddie signed him up immediately last time when he won the British title because this kid looks like with the right kind of support, he could go a long way. And you know, the Geordies are desperate to get behind one of their own as well. You know, you know, obviously they lost one of their own at the weekend as well, which I'm sure we're going to come on to, but. I think this is the type of fighter that could absolutely unite that entire city. And Josh Kelly, of course, as well, being a yeah. lad from up that neck of the woods. Yeah. Is he more Sunderland that way? I think yeah. Josh Kelly's Sunderland, yeah. Yeah, but North yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. have a bit of a show up there, yeah. won't they? They'll, they'll, they'll go mad for us saying that because they fucking hate each other, but yeah, <laughs> I, know I know what you're saying. Sort of the same shit. Scousers, Manx, all the same, innit? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> good card, though. It was a good card on yeah, Sunday. I enjoyed right. that next-gen card. I fucking love a bit of Sunday night uh, Sunday night boxing. Yeah. The missus put the kids to bed and she likes a little bath in an early night on a Sunday as Does well. She? So I was Candles. thinking, fucking here we Candles go. Job. Happy days. Now, a splash of Radox, that's about it. Yeah, that's she's it. lucky. <laughs> Straight into <Redox>. bed. <laughs> You've got a Radox in your bath. Okay, now, summer fruits, get some summer fruits in there, love. Treat yourself. Bath salt, bomb. One of them bombs. One of them things. lush bombs that fucking fizzing all up your ass. Whoa, what's this? Why's my bath green? It's like grit. Fucking like hell, listen that stuff. I need a bath after my bath. What's going on here? But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed a bit of Sunday night telly, so. Yeah, man. So I'm not going to talk about Triple D, Yard, Gorman. Bad. You're not really asked. They, they were supposed to do it. They were supposed yeah. to do what they did, weren't yeah, they? They were, yeah. Come on, there's no exactly. need of us all, all going crazy about them because they were doing exactly what they were supposed to do. And I want to see Anthony Yard in a proper contest. I want to see him in with the likes of Hosea Burton. Yeah. I want to see him in with Frank Bullioni. I want to see... I mean, the fucking hell, the Bullioni and Johnson fight. I'm really excited Me about too. that, which is obviously coming up in the not-too-distant future. But I'll tell you something. I'm just... We Yard... Every time he steps in the ring, I'm thinking, yeah, he's going to do the business. It's got to be a proper challenge. I want to see him against the boxer. I want to see mm. him against Jose Burton. I want to see him against Bullioni and these lads. I know, but the guys you're talking about, though, don't forget they're fucking well-schooled amateurs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why, that's why I want to see him against them, because but, we're not going to see how good he is unless he fights one of those dudes. Agreed, but what is he now, 15-0 in his career, his pro career? I think they accept the fact that he's learning on the job. He's not got the background that them guys have got. Yeah. He's not, I'll be honest, he, he could, and we've spoke about this before, I think he gets outboxed fighting for the British title right now. Mm. 
what he's got to learn to do on the job is deal with boxes, deal with without the pressure of it all, which would, would be on a domestic showdown. Yeah, uh, so I, I get why Frank's keeping him away from domestic level right now, but he can only do it for so long. You know, he's fifteen and zero now. He can't get to twenty and zero and still be fighting foreign imports at some stage I think by the end of this year we're going to see him in a domestic class because the board of control if they haven't already are going to are going to start proposing them for a British title fight or a Commonwealth title fight mm. so at some stage he's going to end up going down that way but you know I, I watch Yard for what he is I think he's a massive talent I think he's got he's potential exciting. to he's move exciting, up into the weight man. division of course he's and he's a nice kid we've met him he's a good kid looks the part and I just think from a power perspective it's exciting what he does like he dropped this again. I'm getting carried away because it was body shots. He dropped this avalanche with body shots, which you know I love. But they're not even like they're not even perfect body shots. So he he's got freakish power. You can tell. Mm. You know the way he throws the body shot, that left hook to the body. If you watch it, you know, watch the way he throws it, and watch how Callum Smith or even Paul Smith or you know or someone like a Golovkin, like a perfect left hook to the body. Dubai, it's, it's uh, yard. It's more of like a slap. Mm. His technique isn't even there just yet, which is why I'm like, you know what? That's kind of your saving grace. But for me, this card that Frank's put on with yard, Dubois, all that on Saturday night, and it's like, yeah, this is it. It kind of it was similar to what we got on Next Gen. It's like Frank's version yeah, of Next Gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's why I'm not going crazy. That's yeah, why I'm not yeah, going. It, it, that's why I'm not saying, "Oh, let's go crazy about Tasha. Course. Let's go crazy about Jose. Let's go crazy about Scott Fitzgerald, for example, who were also on yeah, that card." Yeah. Because they were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Um, if you haven't seen uh, the fight that we're just about to speak about that happened at the weekend, get on Google. Have a little bit of a nosy, right? Because all the fights that happened at the weekend, the first fight Nick said to me as soon as I walked into the studio today was, "Did you watch uh, Swissiket against Estrada yeah. at the weekend?" Uh, this was part of the. <clears throat> this was part of the um, uh, Superfly 2 thing. Mm-hmm. Round 12, it's the round of the year already. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> outrageous. The whole fight's outrageous. Yeah, man. I mean, for little dudes, it's very hard to get excited. Long about the man, isn't he? Yeah, it's very hard to get excited about the little dudes because you kind of take for granted that they're always going to go 12. Yeah, yeah. There's not going to be... Having said that, though, he did knock out Chocolate off. <laughs> so you're thinking to yourself... Nine times out of ten, they're going to go 12 rounds. So you've got to be, in my opinion, you've got to be a boxing fan to be able to sit through that, watch the technicalities of it yep. nine times out of ten. But this was a proper, let's let's sit. Proper ding-dong. Let's sit in the middle of the ring. You it, I it, and let's see who goes over first. It was absolutely tremendous. It's a really good fight, and I, I, I thoroughly uh, recommend anybody go and have a bit of a Google and have a bit of a nosy at this point. I knew it was going to be a belter when it didn't get... UK TV, mm. you know, when no, when no one picked it up, I was like, fuck, this is a mistake, man, because I knew then it was going to be a belter. Uh, so I had to stream it, obviously, but I thought... Well, um, Ring Magazine, Ring Magazine website um, streamed the fight for everybody. That's how I watched it. Yeah. I watched it on Ring TV. Well, I watched it the next day on a on a, one of these Russian streams or whatever it was, mm. um, but uh, I thought it was an absolute cracker. And unfortunately, I was like... Fuck! Why have I not got that on my Sky Planner? Mm. You know why is that not one of of save? Because I can go like, if you look at our Sky Planner now, it's like you know fucking the Incredibles, the Tweenies, uh, World Boxing Super Series quarter final. You know, and then it's got like uh, you know um, Mulan or whatever the, the Disney movie Moana. is, Moana, and and then next thing you know, it's got like you know World Boxing Super Series semi final. <laughs> that, that's like our whole Sky Planner at the that's moment. How we get down, man. Yeah, exactly. So I would, but that twelfth round, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that's one you want to keep. So many British fight fans will not have seen that fight. No, that's why I'm no. saying you're gonna have to go and Google it, get Absolutely, it on YouTube yeah. or something, gonna have a bit of a nosy. Uh, I've just got it. 
I, I scored it 115-113 towards... Rung Versailles. Uh, Rung Versailles, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a, this is another thing as well. There's a card in there that's 117-111, which oh. is absolute bullshit. Steve Motto. It was a majority decision. So you got 114 apiece, 115-113, yeah. then you yeah. got 117-111. The last one, ignore it, is absolute nonsense. Uh, but the fight's absolutely tremendous. Tom Lofer, who's the promoter of that particular fight, is already talking about Superfly 3 for September, October. I guarantee there will be... Br- I guarantee there'll be British TV on yeah, that yeah. fight because that was an absolute screamer. Yeah. Rung Versailles. To be honest, I kind of scored it. Um, when you I looked, at, when draw, I looked at my you? card afterwards, I had a draw, yeah. But then it was one of them fights where you go, at the end of it, I went, yeah, Rung Versailles, he deserved it. You know, he won. The rounds he won were more impressive than the rounds Estrada won. But then because I was fucking, I was doing different bits and bobs and I was trying to fuck about on social media, I made a little note of who won rounds, just made a little note on my phone. Mm. And when I looked afterward, I, I had it 114, 114. So. You know, I had no kind of complaints that about the guy who had it as a draw, but it was an absolute belt. And that 12th round, fucking hell. See, I'm thinking it's maybe... It's round of the year. If they yeah, rematch, yeah. maybe the thirty, maybe the first round is like the 13th round. They might just go for it next time. Because mm. Rung Versailles, don't forget, he beats Chocolatito. There's controversy behind it. People saying he didn't win. He did win. Mm. Then in the rematch, he fucking slaughters Chocolatito. Yeah, yeah. I just think the second time these two might do it, it might, it might be a similar performance. Both of them might go for it. Mm. Uh, this weekend, you, you spoke for choice, and there is uh, quite a lot on the telly this weekend. We'll start, shall we, with uh, the return of Kel Brook. Uh, £154 is where he's making his comeback against Sergei Rodchenko. It's no um, pushover, this. No. Um, now they put a WBC silver belt on the line. Yeah. Um, the WBC champion at £154 is uh, Chai Law. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to be really honest, mate. You know how much I love Kel. He's been on the show on many occasions. I absolutely adore the fella, but I've been speaking to him a lot over the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to be spending a bit of time with him building up to this weekend, and obviously I'm going to be there at the weekend at the yeah. fight. He's not, he's not... The words that are coming out of his mouth are not filling me with confidence. No. He doesn't seem the same guy. When I've been in Kel's uh, company before Golovkin, and we've known him for a bit, before the Golovkin fight, absolutely, that, that you could tell when you speak to a fight, you can tell behind their eyes there's something, there's something invincible. burning. Yeah, invincible. It's, it's something invincible. That invincibility yeah, yeah. thing, of course, it is right. World champion, nobody's fighting me, all this type of stuff. And uh, uh, talking to him then, I was convinced every time I spoke to him, this guy's the fucking legit thing. And obviously, seeing him win his world title in America, the way that he goes about fighting, I thought, yeah, technically he's brilliant. Yeah, and there's some mentality is bang on. Golovkin's broken him. The Golovkin thing has broken him. Now, obviously, we saw what happened with the Errol Spence Jr. fight. Yep. Um, and now, what happens if... Rab- the first thing Rabchenko is going to do, I'm going to go for his eyes. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and ping him on where he's got the two orbital bone damages on his right and left eye. And we're going to see if we can break him mentally. Yep. Kel's already talking about retirement. That, for me, is a bad sign Absolutely. when people are talking about things like that. I'm really worried about this weekend, you know. Really worried. I don't think it's going to be sexy. I don't think it's going to be attractive. I don't think we're going to be sat here going, Kel Brook's amazing again. I think it's going to be a bit of a hard watch. I really do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think uh, all the noises he's making certainly doesn't uh, doesn't paint a picture of somebody that wants to be in the sport anymore. Um, I do think you know he, something? I think, I think he's only sticking around for the Amir, for the hope is, of fighting yeah. Amir Khan. Just about to say the same thing. And having that big payday. I think, to be honest, that, I think that's the only fight out there including Charlo. I think if, even if he wins this silver belt at the weekend, and hopefully he does, I, I don't think he's got any interest in going to America and fighting Charlo for the belt, um, purely because Charlo is very talented and hits very hard. I think Kel Brook is just keeping the party going to fight Amir Khan. 
because that motivates him to do to finally get that notch on his belt mm. that he's wanted. They've been, we've been talking about the fight with Amir Khan fucking forever. Mm. You know, when when Kel was in, the, in, I think it was before he even became world champion, he was calling out Amir Khan. It was before he even went over to America and fought uh, Sean Porter. He was calling out Amir Khan. A bit so, delicate around whiskers. That's right, exactly. You're a bit delicate around whiskers. Exactly. I think that was after he, he can, fought Robles can, or can, no Carson Jones. It was after he fought Carson can Jones. Can I just point out that people have been big in uh, my Nazim. Ahmed impression. Basically, I think it's just Yorkshire fighters out of the Ingle Gym that I can do. No, I think it's lisps. That's what you're good at. Is that what you're it good is? At, you're good at you're good at yeah. Kel. You're good at uh, Amir. Amir. No, uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Naz. you're good at Kel, Naz, and you're good at Eubank. Yeah, we've yeah. all got a bit of a lift yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, maybe it is that. Yeah. Anyway, it's a bit delicate around whiskers. <laughs> that is Kel, isn't it? It's fucking brilliant. It's on the money. Shall I do it this week when I when I'm with him? Shall I do Kel as Kel? Please. All right. I'll think, go in, get them chocolate brownies out. <laughs> <laughs> a bit delicate around whiskers, Amir. Come <laughs> on. Brilliant. Come and get some of this. Go out, Bobby. So he's been, <laughs> that, that was since Carson Jones, 2003, summer of 2013. That's right, yeah. Jones was. That's five years. I'm going to do the whole show like this now, Nick. <laughs> How are you, mate? Not seen you for a bit. Can I need any chance of some of them chocolate brownies? No problem. I'll dish these chocolate brownies out to Rob Chenko. Make sure you get your tickets for weekend. <laughs> Surprised myself there. That's anyway. fucking really good, actually. Anyway, carry on, <clears throat> um, Bobby. Yeah, man. I, I just think this is—it's the kind of stumbling block where you know you can come short and come short in a pretty dramatic fashion as well. Um, I think it's important that Kel fights like Kel Brook again. You know, gets aggressive again, gets you know throws heavy combinations, but quite fast combinations and uses his feet to not get caught up against the ropes. And that's what I want to see. That's what I'm hoping he's got left. Psychologically, I mean, he could use the weight thing because a lot of people have been talking about, oh, he was struggling to get one down to 147 because he was massive. Don't get me wrong. He was big and he was struggling. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. Um, And he should be using that as the psychological um, catalyst for him to kick on. Oh, I'm at 154 now. I'm yeah. going to feel miles better at 154. That's what he should be doing. He shouldn't yeah. be thinking about getting pinged on his eyes. He shouldn't be thinking about those operations. He should just be purely thinking about, right, I'm going in there now. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be drained. I'm going to be feeling a million dollars. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to do a job on this kid. And then get on the microphone, bit delicate round whisker them here and make it happen. Get that fight on because we all want to see that fight. Absolutely. But don't forget, Rab Chanker's not a welterweight. Rab Chanker's a career super welterweight. Yeah. The guy's going to be bigger himself. He's used to being at 154. So he's used to being this size. So Kel's going to be up against a bigger, stronger guy than he's used to. Yeah. Rabchenko's been at Super Welter a long time, which probably means that he walks around well into 160. He's cutting back down. So Kel's going to find himself suddenly up against a guy that can, can potentially take his shots, take his power, take his size. And I think you're right. If Rabchenko can manage to hear Kel early, suddenly the realisation of shit, I've been stopped in my last two fights. Mm. My eyes can't hold up to this kind of punishment. Mm. I don't even want to be here. I just want to fight Amir Khan. What the fuck is going on? All that might just suddenly come tumbling down. And uh, that's my biggest fear around this fight at the weekend. I'm looking forward to the card. I think the card itself is fucking great. Mm. But the one I'm most concerned about is Kel Brook at the top of the bill. I've been told to get in early because um, I think uh, Dave Allen's on oh, around about... legend. <laughs> fucking love Dave, Dave Allen's on around about half past eight, eight o'clock, something like that. So I'm getting in there nice and early. Yeah. The whole crowd will basically be there for Dave Allen. Absolutely. Um, 
He's lost a lot of timber, you know. Have you seen him recently? Mate, he looks great. That documentary he done, I put it out on my social media. You see the little documentary yeah. he had made and he's talking about his battles and everything he's else. Betting and and all his that. betting issues and and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna take my career seriously. I owe it to myself, I owe it to my family. So He's off the KFC. He's lost a load he's lost a shed load of weight. He looks like a different guy, to be honest. Yeah, he does. He looks, like, he look, of looks like he could make cruiser. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um Lenroy Thomas is going to have a completely different animal in front of him this weekend. Don't get I me hope wrong. he pulls it off. Man. Dave Allen's limited, and I think this is probably as high as he'll probably go. Of course it is. And he, he probably accepts that as well. But uh, this is his world he, title he becomes fight. Come, this is his moment. Come, what is it? Commonwealth belt? Is Commonwealth, that Commonwealth Come on, belt, Dave. Yeah. Fucking do the business, be fucking man. incredible. Be you? a riot in Sheffield oh, that weekend, man. Fuck the main event. I'm not arsed. Exactly. <laughs> no, honestly, this would be absolutely sensational. No, it would be. And there's some good kids on there. I mean, Rocky's on there, hasn't he? I mean, he seems yeah. to be the forgotten man in that matchroom stable. There's Rocky yeah. Fielding. My mate Sam's on there as well. Sam Eggington's yeah, on yeah, the yeah. card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, the, obviously, G- Gamalia Five versus Gavin McDonald's yeah. on there as well. The uh, That's a good fight. It's a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. Should be all right. Good test for your fight. So that's happening in Sheffield. Um, and then I've no doubt if you're watching that, you might uh, have a little bit of a kip. Uh, because straight after it, on Sky Sports, in the early hours of Sunday morning, Deontay Wilder's going baptising, baby. That's what he's doing. He's taking on the old drug cheat that is Luis Ortiz. A couple of years ago, this fight would have been tremendous. Yeah. Now, Ortiz has still got his power. Even though he's 50. Even though he's fucking 70-odd, right? Yeah. Um, it's a dangerous fight. Don't get me wrong. It's dangerous. Right? Luis Ortiz is undefeated in 28 fights yeah. and 24 knockouts. But he's a fucking dirty drug cheat. I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, I hope Deontay Wilder absolutely baptises him, mate. Really do. Then gets on the microphone and does what uh, Deontay Wilder does. Because I think Deontay Wilder's limited. I don't think he's all that. I don't think he's amazing. But I think all the heavyweights are limited. I don't think any of them are really, whoa, that guy's absolutely tremendous. That's why I'm so excited about the heavyweight division. That's why I want to see them all in there and having a whack with each other. That's why I'm excited about AJ against Parker. Parker has never been it. He's never been down. That's what his, uh, his mantra is. Yeah. AJ... He'll go down in that fight. Well, I'm going to say, will they, if he doesn't, though, will that break AJ's heart? I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. That's because we don't know how any of them, how good of any, any of these lads are. Mm-hmm. So what for at the weekend, Deontay Wilder comes through this because we need the narrative to continue. We need him this to keep like, winning. When you think about it, it's kind of like heavyweight world boxing super series. Mm. Two undefeated guys here, two undefeated guys to come in Cardiff. You know, kind of, these are like the two semi-sat finals, aren't they? Whoever wins here has got to fight the winner of AJ versus Parker for me. Mm. Got to. Uh, because that'll bring all, you know, unifying the belts, if you like, bring most of the belts together. I bet it doesn't happen. I'll tell you what's going to happen, right? Politics, man. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll tell you what's going to fucking happen. Big Pricey's going to knock Povetkin out. <laughs> and Big Pricey's going to fight AJ. Stop Before it. the end of the year. Right, listen, stop. I'm telling you now. Stop it. Listen, we've said things like this on the show before, and we look like dicks before, all right? Just yep. calm yourself down. I'm not mm-hmm. making any comments on Just Pricey. Just remember I said that. Just remember I said that. I'm not saying anything. We'll we'll talk on... on on, it, on April 1st, okay. which is technically, April, yeah, straight after the AJ fight, all right? Yep. Anyway, this weekend, the narrative needs to continue because, like you say, we need we need Deontay Wilder to win because that, it builds it builds this super fight. I don't think it's going to happen next. I think AJ's no. going to, the rumour is, I, by the way, Eddie, to, Eddie took me out for lunch at weekend. Did he, yeah? Yeah. I had a little bit of steak on, uh, on Eddie Earn. Anyway, nice. basically, New York, August, Jarrell Miller. I think everybody knows that. Big baby? Know. Yeah, big baby. For AJ. When is, he, is, he, is he out again, Miller? Is big he on AJ's American, undercard, is he? Big like. American debut. Um, 
He's just fought. He's just fought against that. Oh, What's no, it? he's on the thing. He's on the matchroom card. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jacobs. Oh, Jake, that, that's right, yeah. On the on Jacobs on the card. card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so that's for August. I anticipate around the same time Deontay Wilder will do something, mm-hmm. depending on whether Dillian White comes through against Lucas Brown. Maybe, that makes sense. Maybe. And then at the back end of the year, we might see it. Or the start yeah. of 2019. Mm, I wonder if that means Deontay could come over to the UK if... if if AJ's going to America, Deontay should come to the UK. That'd be class. Mm, yeah, it would be, actually. Nice little crossover. What if they did them all on that Showtime undercard yeah, in New York? That's right, yeah. Get them both on the same bill. But he tops it, though. Deontay's not going to not top a bill on Showtime, his home broadcast. I've got more New belts York. than you. I've got more belts than you. Yeah, but AJ, it doesn't work like that. Ah. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Anyway, have you seen that? what's on the undercard of this, seeing as that you mentioned Durrell a little earlier on? Andre Durrell. <coughs> Shit house. <coughs> I wonder if his uncle's there. Shit house. <laughs> <laughs> Durrell and Uzkategui, it is the, uh, the, rematch the rematch of this fight. I, again, want uh, Uzkategui to put some manners on him. Because he, he, won the, he won the first fight. He did win the first even fight. Even though he knocked it, you know. And, uh, and Durrell shit his pants. He basically said, exactly. oh, he's hit me after, you know. Exactly. And took a dive. Yeah. Right. You will be shit house. <coughs> right, we'll leave it at that then, because that's happening this weekend. It's all alive on Sky Sports straight after you broke uh, Rabchenko. Uh, also on the TV this weekend, I'm a little bit disappointed for Josh Taylor, uh, because Josh was fighting Soto. Soto ranked oh, number fifteen. Yeah. What with, a fight that would have been. Rank number fifteen with the WBC. Now, anybody that follows anything in the world of boxing, if you're fighting a ranked fighter in the top fifteen, you beat them. It will boost your rankings. You can go up a level. All right. Absolutely. Now. Uh, the title, the WBC Super Lightweight title, is currently vacant because obviously uh, Crawford cleared off upstairs. Don't get me wrong, there's some top fighters there, mm-hmm. but this narrative that we've been bashing on about for a period of time that Josh Taylor will fight for a world title at some point this year could have got even closer uh, with a victory against uh, Soto. Soto at the back end of his career, I think he's 37 years of age now. He's fought some decent dudes down the year, former uh, two-weight champion, of course. Uh, but he's out of the fight and therefore he's going to be fighting Campos uh, this weekend. The Nicaraguan nightmare. Is that what they Nick? Is that what they call him? Yeah, I think he's he's, he's basically fought his entire career, hasn't he? Um, in, in South America, I think this is his first fight outside of Nicaragua. But he's kind of like the guy that nobody wants. I know he's lost. He's got three losses on his thirty-five fight record or whatever. But those three losses all came in in first like ten fights. Yeah, he's, he's on like a twenty-fight undefeated run. He's undefeated for like five that. years. Yeah, yeah, something insane. Uh, it's a seriously tough fight, for, to be honest with you, for Josh Taylor. I think, you know, once again, uh, I think the McGuigans have pulled off an incredible feat by bringing in another very, very dangerous opponent. And it just speaks volumes about where they believe Josh Taylor is. And where they value the scale. fans. They value yeah, exactly, the fans. Yeah. Listen, listen, we're not going to sell you a... T- a them dog. Glaswegian fans are getting an absolute fucking cracker here because in terms of replacement opponents, they don't really come much tougher. And it's... Incredibly risky as well because Campos doesn't bring a world title belt. Yeah. He's not a former world champion either. He's like kind of like the most avoided guy in the super lightweight division just because nobody kind of knows what he will be like. What we are hoping now is that he, he doesn't travel well mm. because this is the first time he's had to travel. So, But it's a, it's a hell of a fight. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm th- glad Terrestrial TV and Channel 5 are still behind Josh Taylor because he's a real talent. He's a really nice what, lad as well, man. Fucking, they're not giving him. They're not giving him an easy route, are they? I don't think he wants it. No. Listen, we had him on the show, didn't we? And he was talking about getting whacked in the face with his uh, with that golf stick. The golf club, yeah. Yeah. Don't give. Don't give a shit, mate. The guy's nails. He was up obviously for the World Boxing Super Series uh, in Manchester. He's a really top kid. Yeah. Bags of personality. Bags of talent. Speed him along, man. Let's get that world title. And let's try and get it in Scotland as well because the place will be absolutely bouncing, won't it? Just a bit. Uh, for that vacant title. Um, speaking of WBC, Lewis Neary, uh, Sinsuke Yamanaka, 
Um, Yamanaka, the former champion, he still holds the ring magazine belt as uh, Yamanaka, but he was the former WBC champion until Lewis nearly put some absolute manners on him. Uh, the rematch is happening this weekend for the WBC Bantamweight title. Mm-hmm. It's happening in Japan once again. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they pay well. That's why Lewis Neary's taking his belt back. Absolutely. Um, it should be an absolute cracker. I don't think uh, Yamanaka will take him as lightly this time around. No, and don't forget, that was the first time Yamanaka lost the fight in 30 fights. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was oh, he's like, the real he's deal, man. fucking absolutely established WBC champion. He's and he the got, real deal. He gets clocked in the fourth round. So, you know, Neri, you could argue, even though he's undefeated himself, you know, kind of lands a lottery punch in terms of the Japanese eyes. So I can see why he's got the straight rematch. I think there's a lot more at stake than just the WBC belt here as well, because I think the loser will miss out on World Boxing Super Series. Mm. World Boxing Super Series, as we know, it's no, it's no, uh, it's no secret anymore. Is happening. Definitely going to be doing bantamweights next year. Mm. Um, so the next six months, if you're a bantamweight anywhere on planet Earth, it's fucking vital that you either a stay undefeated. <laughs> yeah. Or B, don't get fight. hold of a world title belt quick. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's if you're like, a world champion, don't fight. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if, if, Paul Butler has got to get a world title fight to get in there, you know? Mm. Ryan Burnett's got to keep hold of his belt to make sure he gets in this tournament mm. because there's going to be a shed load of money um, and it, it just makes perfect sense. And that's why Yamanaka's obviously uh, another reason why they've got him a straight rematch for mm. this uh, for this Neri. And there's the other Japanese kid that's fighting up, moving up to fight McDonald as well. Inui. Inui. Inui, Inui, he's, yeah. mo- he's, moved he's up, moving yeah. up from Superfly to yeah. get into the World Boxing Super Series <laughs> tournament because there's more money in there than any of these little flyweights have seen in their lives. Absolutely. Um, another weight category that is strongly rumoured to be in for next year is the light heavyweights. This weekend, Kovalev's back in action. Yep. Uh, Mikhail Kin. Is uh, who he is fighting. So is fucking Dimitri Bivol on the undercard. Yeah, yeah. And he I've said that, is my dark horse to win the fucking World Boxing Super Series Mate, like tournament. The thing is, though, right, Bivol's fight this weekend's mm-hmm. more competitive than yeah. Kovalev's. Kovalev's not daft. He's the WBO champion. I'll just have a little tick over now before we go into the World Boxing Super Series or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, so he's got a fight this weekend. Uh, Mikalkin couldn't put himself out of a paper bag, right? Mm-hmm. Kovalev will take care of him. Bivol against Barrera. Uh, the WBA uh, light heavyweight champion. I'll tell you something, it's a nice little knock, this. Mate, that Cuban's tasty, mate. He's a former, you know, he's a, as you say, he's a former Cuban national who's uh, who's escaped to Miami, as so many of them do. He's built up a solid record and the kid can bang, absolutely. The only person I've seen absolutely dominating was Andre Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a good fight this weekend, man. <laughs> absolutely, because, you know, there's no there's no harm in losing to Andre Ward. And he still went to distance with Andre Ward as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bivol, for me, is kind of like the real deal in this weight division. I think we've been talking about him for a while. Ten knockouts and 12 straight wins. He's got that He's got that fucking flathead. Yeah. Do you know why I always talk about that flathead yeah. syndrome? Ivan Drago shit. Yeah, so at, 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 <laughs> when you look at someone from behind and their shoulder, when they put their head forward, their shoulder, the flatness of the back of their his, shoulder. His head merges into his neck, and is neck what you're saying. And back of his skull is just a straight line. <laughs> Whenever people have got that shit, don't ever fight them. Stay away from them because they punch like fucking lunatics. So if it kicks off in the boozer, do me a favour, mate. Just turn around. So that's why I'm looking at the back of your head. Yeah, nah, I'm in. Fuck that. I'm in here. Yeah, I'm in. Exactly. You've yeah. got a coconut head. I'm in. Honestly, it's like that fucking supernatural, you know, DNA fucked up strength. I think. I think if you went back through like human history mm. to like caveman days and shit, mm. the biggest, strongest caveman would all have the f- a flat skull at the back. And I think these people like Bivol. These are kind of like, you know, the uh, the bloodline of those original cavemen that had, you know, 
more chicks than anyone else. There you go. 15 years he's been uh, covering fight sports. That's that's analytics for you there, ladies and gentlemen. It's nothing to do with footwork. Has he got a flat back of his head? It's nothing to do <laughs> with footwork. Nothing to do with hand speed. Nothing to do with pressure or back foot pop shotting. Nothing to do with that. What's his head look like? Yeah, he's going to be a fucking good at him. <laughs> Absolutely. That's basically what you do when you go to the Grand National, isn't it? When you go to the Grand National, you, you, you're picking your horse off, either off a name or a colour yeah. or just a vibe. That's yeah. all you're doing, aren't you? Small you're, balls. You're, <laughs> That's how you pick a national winner? Small if, balls? If your horse has got small balls. Because when the, cause the fences are that high, if mm. your horse has got big bollocks, yeah. it catches the fence. Right, yeah. And that's obviously going to put the horse off. You don't want your You want a horse with a small set of testicles and they generally win the national. Right. There you go. See? First. This lad, yeah? The insight. Award-winning shit. This is the award-winning insight you pay for. There you for, go, man. Or you don't pay for. This is how you pick your winners. So when you're next time down at the Grand National, get checking them bollocks. <laughs> Check testicles. Give them a little tickle, see if they're uh, of the right size. That's how you should be picking your horse. And Absolutely. when you're picking your fighters from now on, the one, with the, the, flat, the one with the flattest head will win. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Absolutely. That's it, baby. That's why we're doing that. That's why we're. That's why Nick's earning the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days um, listen we are. I know we're having a laugh on this show and I know that we have a laugh on it every single week and hopefully you come and enjoy the show with us on a week by week basis but every now and again um, a couple of serious things do happen I'm going to start with the first less serious thing uh, with the retirement of Andy Lee handing in uh, handing in his notice yep. he's hung him up as the boy uh, I had a little bit of a chat on the radio about Andy Lee actually uh, this week one of the nicest guys in boxing. Oh, just tremendous. A, just a top lad. Mm-hmm. Just a real top lad. Yeah. He'll never boast, never talks, promotes himself. He, he seems to be the anti of all things that is modern day boxing, does the lad. Yeah. Um, I know he's been incredibly inactive since uh, Billy Joe Saunders uh, beat him for that WBO middleweight uh, championship. I think yep. he's only had one fight since in, that, in, in the last two years. So it comes of no surprise that he decided to pack it in. And I think it's because he climbed the mountain. He achieved his dream. Absolutely. What else is there left to be done? I've no doubt there's some lucrative fights out there for him, but fair play to him. He don't, you know, yep. he, he achieved everything he wanted to achieve and he walks away with all his faculties. He had, and, an, he had an amazing career. You know, he fought plenty of times over in the US. He had some great corner teams. He had some great nights and some great fights. And, you know, I think looking back, I put I put it on my social media, actually. That knockout of John Jackson for me was the best one when he climbed up off the deck. Don't, the you, just lo- and- don't you just love... When someone wins like that, oh. when someone's getting absolutely under their pressure, ass under kicked, pressure, under pressure, getting their ass and then, kicked and then bang, bang, just lands the perfect punch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, listen, he's given us plenty of incredible nights, Andy Lee, and uh, I think he'll still in, stay involved in the sport. He's one of those guys. Good I think he loves boxing. I like his he's punditry. a great pundit. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll get signed up by somebody. But uh, yeah, man, we wish him well. No, we do wish him well. Well done, Andy. Um, we finished this show, however, this week on extremely sad news. I think David Price nailed this. We're obviously referring to uh, Scott Westgard, who was uh, who was fighting at the weekend on a card in Doncaster, which saw um, Curtis Woodhouse, I think, was fighting as the main Supposed event. Supposed to be, yeah. Well, it ended up getting ca- got getting cancelled because uh, of... It's a Steffi Bull, Steffi Bull show it was in, uh, mm. in Doncaster. Um, and it's a stark reminder that this isn't a game. Nobody plays boxing. Uh, David Price on Twitter kind of said everything that was in my head, but he did it far more articulate than I could even think of at this particular uh, at this particular time. And I'll read his tweet because he absolutely nails it. I never met Scott Westcar, but as a fellow fighter, he was a brother to us all. Put it all on the line and paid the ultimate price. Extremely sad. Rest in peace. And that is true. This is a family. You know, is it that? I mean, we we speak about it. We're kind of not in what Price is talking about, but. 
it takes a, a specific type of human being to be a fighter, absolutely, to be a professional fighter, to be mm-hmm. to want to do that for a living. To because we've we've I think hopefully over the last two to three years as we've been doing this podcast, we've kind of painted pictures of lads that are in this game, and it isn't all glamorous. There's a certain level of glamour. Your Floyd Mayweather's. Anthony Joshua and people like that who are at the top end of the earning scale, but at the yeah. bottom end of the earning scale, and it's, a, and it's you know it's a pyramid, massive pyramid, it's a massive pyramid, massive it's, pyramid. It, yeah, fight sports in general, it costs money. Absolutely. People are losing money. Absolutely. I had a conversation this week with uh, Dillian White in great depth about how he when he started his career here in the UK and he ended up pay, he was paying fighters to fight him because yeah. he couldn't get a fight, so it was costing him cash in order to start this journey of becoming a fighter. People don't necessarily see and hear. All those types of things. And Scott Westcarth basically did this because he loved it. He did this because he loved it. And even in that final now, which has become extremely sad and poignant last interview, he even talks about, don't envisage becoming a world champion. I don't envisage going on to these great levels where I'm earning multi-millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. But I think I might be able to get a British title. I think I might be able to go on to maybe a Commonwealth or a European level. I do it because I love it. He does it because he loves it. And we speak about it because we love it. You follow it because you love it. This guy was putting his life on the line, and sadly, he he did, as Pricey says, uh, paid the ultimate price. And we can only um, wish his family well. I believe that there are uh, there's a GoFundMe page which is currently doing the rounds on social media, and I encourage you. Listen, he's gonna he's got a young family. He's got lots of loved ones who knew him. We didn't know him, but lots of loved ones out there that did uh, know him and think extremely highly of him, and they will be absolutely devastated at this moment in time. So if you can help please do. Um, thank you very much for listening to the show. We will be back next week with all the uh, fallout from uh, the weekend's boxing. Yeah, four events this weekend. Four massive events as well. If you've only just come across us, please subscribe to us. Um, you can get us on uh, iTunes, Fight Disciples. You can get us on our website for Android as well, fightdisciples.com. We're on all over social media, at Fight Disciples, uh, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. There should be uh, some uh, some video content on there from the uh, Kel Brook stuff that's happening in Sheffield this weekend. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.